Hello, welcome to episode 9 of We Don't Talk About the Weather. Uh, political discussion that to the uninitiated may just sound like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and I'm here with Hugh. Hello. And we're here to talk about the week's news. Yeah, we so, are. So, uh, <laughs> very funny week. Oh, it's Donald Trump who wants a, a golden carriage. And, he does uh, want a golden uh, carriage. Harry, Prince Harry's talking about the mental, dead mental, <laughs> mental illness. Oh, is this is crown too tight. And uh, what else? Uh, the, what? There's a general election. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? Um, do you want an election? No. Nobody does. I do. You do. You yeah. want to exercise your democratic right to make the Tories stronger. I really, 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 really enjoy... Mm. No, there's absolutely nothing I like about elections. Um, no, there's nothing, there's nothing good about it. Um <laughs> It it will be fun to watch politicians that you don't normally get to see talk mm. talk. So like the when prime they, minister, <laughs> when they because usually it's like it's the ones that don't get to talk much because they can't be trusted. Yeah, when they're left talking for like five minutes and they start mm. to go insane, like you've already seen with like um so like Tim Farron being asked like <laughs> so is homosexuality a sin? Well, <laughs> not going to get into a theological theological discussion. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Vote election <laughs> loveliness, but yeah. Before we get onto election chat, mm. there is some other important things. Yeah, like Donald Trump wanting a fucking golden carriage. <laughs> so is that kind of a why? Why? I mean, I, this is a man who kind of literally descended a, sta- a crystal staircase in his golden golden office block in order to announce presidency. Yeah. So it's not really a question of why he wants a golden carriage. Of course, he wants a golden carriage. No one else has got the golden carriage before, have they? Um, well, they don't. Did King Abdullah get it? it? Um, actually, I think King Abdullah might have done because he's got that like. That, Did he bring his own one? That <laughs> heritage. No, but the best thing about that was: Do you remember when King Abdullah? Was it King Abdullah or the previous one who came over and the band started playing the um, the, the Imperial the Imperial March. March from Star Wars? Oh. <laughs> the one time Star Wars has entertained me in the last twenty years. Um, <laughs> That's not true. That's uh, not true. Well, I like Knights of the Old Republic hmm. game. That was pretty good. Um, but yeah, is it kind yeah, of a... He, he sees the Queen have it. And like, no, no one's going to have it. No, if she gets one, I get one. It's not fair. Yeah, I think it's it is fair. pretty much... It's pretty much that. And I'm all in favour of having a golden carriage. Apparently it makes it easier for a grenade attack. Because they're, well, yeah, they're not very safe, these wooden, gold-plated carriages. Well, apparently they're really uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, um, oh, it was a royal documentary that I was watching where they were the, the royals were literally complaining about how uncomfortable they are I think it was Philip complaining about how uncomfortable it is because it bounces around too much and it's like oh that's like the princess and the pea to the nth degree oh the, the crown it's too heavy <laughs> yeah oh, get it he doesn't off, get to wear a crown does he <laughs> which does make me happy little slights like that <laughs> what time of shoes they're so tight yeah but yeah so oh, that's a protest that I'm going to happily go on yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I'll mind getting killed for that. Yeah, um, I think there'll be a lot of people protesting it. Yeah, he's a quite. He's quite an easy figurehead. Yeah, to protest against, which stands in stark contrast to this election. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's difficult to kind of. I mean, obviously, you know, got Jezza in a pinch. Well, but I oh, here's the problem with Jezza. Mm. 
I think he's been pretty good the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And I would happily vote for Jezza. Yeah. I wouldn't happily vote for the Labour Party. <laughs> Which is weird because this is, seems to be how a lot of um, liberal journalists seem to be. That they'd <laughs> happily vote for the Labour Party but not for Jezza. <laughs> it was something like um, 40, there was some poll that they, uh, an online poll that they did, which was 14% of people would want um, Corbyn as Prime Minister. But 38% of people overall would vote for the Labour Party. Hmm. But so well, it's the exact where was the poll? Because I don't, I think it's, I don't, it's, yeah, I know, without sounding mad, I don't trust poll. polls. No, because of course. I've literally had the, I've had phone calls from like YouGov before hmm. and I've said no and just hug up. Yeah. So there's like I could have skewed their face, <laughs> but see, so yeah, I don't really trust polls. No, no, I think, no, I, I think, know, I know, I but it's like it's, Corbyn, I, it's a lot more than people than they think. It's a yeah, I, I definitely think that people will eventually um, kind of come round. I the first, when the election was first called, the yeah. out like the the kind of outcry on on social media against Corbyn was <laughs> like. Unbelievable! Like there's so many well, yeah, people yeah. who there's a lot of people who seem to actively hate him for no real reason. I'm not exactly sure why they hate him. There's there's the whole um, he's not patriotic enough, but there's people I know who don't but like him who I wouldn't a, say are patriotic. It, but that in itself is a Tory talking point. Yeah, and I know that Labour desperately, desperately want those good like good patriot feelings yeah they want their fucking uh, what's it uh, blue 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 labour and oh, blue labour and go suck all of that dick. all of that stuff they, because they're still operating on that 90s thing of as long as you make people feel good it doesn't matter about their material circumstances you can hear me making a drink because yep. as after as soon as I heard the, about the election I went to the pub I've got a day buzz <laughs> on and I intend to solidly maintain a buzz for the next six weeks. How's that going? We'll 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 catch up with you uh, in the in the in the upcoming episodes. About how your day buzz is going? <laughs> I'll start live tweeting my six week election buzz. <laughs> but um, um, the amount of people saying, um, "Well, I would never," you know, "I would never vote for Corbyn after what he did on on Brexit," or "I would never vote for Corbyn." After- a lot of these people, it's like Dan Hodges. Yeah, Dan Hodges is a Tory. He is actively a Tory. Yeah, and that's what a lot of these people are. They're all fucking Tories. They're people who are Tories, but they don't want to say they're Tory because they know that that's a disgusting thing to be. The thing is, I don't think they are Tories. It's not that they agree with the platform of the Tory party. It's just they don't agree. I think they do. I don't think they do. I think they do. I think they're the kind of person that would say to their their really strict parents that they're going to run away from home, but they never do Mm. because they're cowards. I mean, don't get me wrong, we all have that British thing of genuflecting to a kind of higher authority figure. And if they invoke the Church of England and uh, patriotism as much as fucking Theresa May does, then, of course, there is that within our fucking genome. Yeah. But there's nothing else in a lot of these... I mean, Ben Goldacre did it. Um, Jack Monroe, I mean, is still Labour Um, Party, but... No, I don't know what she's doing. She is Labour Party. No, 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 because she's running... No, she isn't. She she, is. She actively said she was campaigning for Labour on her Twitter feed today. She literally today said she was standing standing as an MP. Did she? Yes, she did. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I was literally reading that. She's going to be standing as an MP. For who? She hasn't said yet. She said, I mean, she, I, look, I mean, this, this is the, I suppose. She's been bitching about Corbyn and she said that she's going to stand as an MP. Huh. Going to need to fact check. We don't usually do this, but you can live on air, I'm going to fact check. Fact check me. I was reading, I was reading a tweet today and getting more and more annoyed with her. 
Let's see. Uh, While Adam plays with his phone, I shall, I don't know. Regale you with some music. There was other bad news this week. <laughs> My favourite wrestler is never going to wrestle again. <laughs> he headbutted someone so hard that he had a brain hemorrhage. <laughs> Wrestling sucks, as does the general election. Have you found it? How come you don't know how to use Twitter? Oh, yeah, she is. Yeah, Yeah, no shit, I'm right. Four hours ago. But she did say earlier on that she's going to... um, She is going to be campaigning for the Labour Party. So I presume she's going to stand as a Labour MP. I wouldn't take her. Well, no. Well, there's... um, And that's the thing as well. um, The Labour Party... The Labour MPs who are already... There's like so many of them are already coming out saying like... um, That I wouldn't vote... I can't Mm. condone him being Prime Minister. I'm not going to vote for them myself. Well, I mean, they can't now, yeah. can they? Because, well, also, the, the, I mean, what one of the things that Corbyn presumably would have done in his reform of the Labour Party, not just to extend the vote to, to extend the weighting of votes to members, yeah, but also to make it easier for members to deselect MPs, yeah. But of course, that hasn't happened, and now those kind of rules are going to be suspended until after the election. Yeah, and it's oh, it's really fucked up because if. If Labour lose massively, as everyone's predicting, mm. on the plus side, a whole bunch of obnoxious Blairites are going to lose their seats. Mm. I wonder whether... I mean, I don't know how it's going to break down, but they'll just... T- like, if they come back in, they'll just make up the rump of the party again and they'll lose all their members. I don't know, lose... some, of the new, some of the new MPs that have been chosen... Uh, yeah, some of, the, some of the new MPs are better, but so is there any... Choose... I mean, as we've learned from the Blair years, Blair... Deselected people willy nilly. Yeah. Like a- actively deselected yeah. people when um, from MP races and council races. Yeah. I, d- I don't know where this sudden uh, like respect for the rules has come from, but there we go. It's one of our problems with Corbyn. He's yeah. too, well, for lack of a better term, wet. Mm. He's not. He doesn't have that. Uh, doesn't have enough fire in him. Although he was pretty angry today, he seemed to be quite passionate. He was quite good at PMQs, well, he's but not as good as Dennis Skinner, <laughs> pointing out the, um, that um, was it in Fannet, mm. the MP running who's going to be running for the Tories in Fannet, who is going to be un- well, he's, it looks like he's going to be under investigation in the next couple. Yes, yeah, under weeks. under under investigation for electoral fraud from yeah. the last election. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well done, Tories. <laughs> but yeah, it's um. The only thing I can think of coming out, I mean, I'm kind of, like most people, I think I'm balanced somewhere between a kind of hopeless optimism that might we might get something good and a general kind of well-informed cynicism that this is going to go exactly the way that we think it's going to go, which well, is Labour are going to maybe not get creamed, but certainly the Tories are going to come out with a larger majority. Well, it's going to be a weird one, because, like, Holly was... Saying that she wanted to canvas, mm. which around here is meaningless. Yeah, because Walthamstow is safe Labour. It's been Labour for a very long time. Yeah, um, I think the people who are second are the Lib Dems. Yeah, they might see a resurgence because there's a bunch of fucking idiots who have a very short memory. Let me tell you about uh, my day on social media. Yeah, go on then. The on run the running theme has been twofold. Both people saying people who are general general liberals and who previously might have had that kind of automatic Labour kind of thing. They might not have done anything for them, but they would have supported Labour 
because they're not because they're anti-Tory. Are these like people that we grew up with? Or people it was, you was it, it was weird. It not it was um, not really no because they're not talking about the election because they don't have to. Happy, happy <laughs> people getting on with their lives. Um, but they but should I'm talk about, about the election. Like, I'm talking about like, from when I was a liberal and kind of people who I follow on Twitter because I like their books or yeah. I liked what they wrote or things like that. A lot of them going... Like Noel Ferguson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he can't vote. <laughs> Not since his time in prison for that book he wrote. <laughs> um, but yeah, people like Ben Goldacre. Ben Goldacre stood out to me today because he posted that thing that's been going around on a few on a few timelines, which was um, remember Corbyn voters for the next five years. Everything that happens is your fault, and it's yeah. like, right? A, how? Yeah. How, what have they? What have they done? Nothing. Like, done nothing if you want wrong. to, if you want to blame the ineffectuality, the ineffectualness of the opposition, like blame the system. Yeah. An opposition has absolutely no power. But I did see, like, the they have fundamental... They no ability. Like, with when Figgy did it, um, Lily Allen mm. did pretty much the same thing, mm. but with Brexit. And the sheer amount of abuse she yeah. got. That was more true. Tory Britain is um, more organised, and that's this, the more terrifying thing, is that the Conservatives on the outside don't appear to have any... Um, any major kind of schisms, like you talk, they talk about Brexit hardliners and Remain Tories and all that kind of thing, but they're presenting a united front at the very least to everyone else, and they're going to keep themselves cloistered behind their kind of wall of media, so that they'll yeah. give they'll give newspaper interviews, they'll do the usual husting stuff, they'll keep Theresa May locked in a cupboard. They're going to be so because, boring this election. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna keep it strictly thing. That, that's one of the things that slightly gives me hope. Because obviously the Tories have decided that Theresa May speaking in front, speaking in public, unmediated, for more than about three minutes, will lose the massive amounts of votes. Yeah, I just don't understand. Because yeah, she's quite popular. She's not apparently. She's not popular. There's a kind of void of putting up with things. Things, things in the economy mm. for most middle class people are stable. Yeah. They're not they're not going down very, very fast. Yeah. For poor people, working pe- working class people, they definitely are, but those voices have been steadily marginalised and depoliticised yeah, over the last <laughs> 10, 15 years, you know. People have plenty to say if you ask them, but they have yeah. no target. It's kind of what I was saying about the Trump thing, is that Trump's a very easy target. He's a very big orange dartboard that yeah. you can throw things at. Um the fact that you can't unseat him is an entirely other kind of institutional problem. Yeah. But Theresa May, she's not that popular. I had a conversation with somebody um, a few hours ago um, and said, yeah, I think I don't really like Theresa May, but, you know, she's done all right. And it's like, well, what has she done? What What has she done? Exactly. She hasn't done anything. But this has allowed her a kind of... She's lied. She's she's had a... Yeah, she's lied. But they all do that. But they, yeah, but she's but, done some pre like yeah, the calling election thing is a pretty she's, big one. She's like, had the she's had the three same, months, three yeah. weeks ago. She's had the same honeymoon period that um, a lot of prime ministers get. I remember this being it being the same way but reversed when Gordon Brown came into power. Do you remember those first eighteen months Gordon Brown came into power? He oh, was good. loved. People loved him. There was a a time about twelve months in. Yeah. Um it must have been December sometime two thousand seven. 
when there was a lot of speculation about that he was going to make an announcement that he was going to call an early election yeah. um, to legitimise himself. And everyone was like, oh, Tories have no chance. Like, go they on, like they're it. done. But he bottled it. Six months later, the financial crisis hits. Yeah. And everything's the shit. And by the end of his premiership, you could not. He could not have got elected as anything. No. People hated him so much because they pinned something onto him. There's been nothing for them to pin Theresa May onto at the minute because there's been no massive crisis that she hasn't either been shielded by the media, or that she hasn't been able to divert into other things. It's interesting. I'm. Pr- I've got a sneaking suspicion that during this election campaign, we we might see something else happen, like Joe Cox. Yeah. Especially after the way the paper, like. The papers this morning were pretty disgusting. Oh the Sun my God. calling for blue murder. Jesus. And it's like it wasn't long ago, you fucking animals. No, but they forgot. They've forgotten about it. They well, yeah. Like... And um, Theresa May was was asked that question today in PMQs, yeah. and she and she just like she talked about how we should have a free press, and that's the thing. That in the last week, I I think I really have absolutely no problem with taking away a lot of the press. They are. Disgusting. If they, whether ever... it's them just waxing lyrical about bombs, mm. fantasizing about just killing, just like turning deserts into glass, mm. or it's just lying yeah. about Corbyn and talking about Theresa May as if she's anything other than just some mewling well, it old tells, bigot. It tells you a lot about the kind of um, the way that they view those two figures in the way that they choose to attack them. So they do like the left wing press. I mean, at the minute, the left-wing press is... There isn't a left-wing press in this country. Well, nominally, in name only, left-wing press. You know what I mean. They're all voting Tory Um, in this election. They're all Tories. New statesmen. They're all voting Tory in this election. Okay. Um, The The right-wing press with a red banner at the top. They're all. They're really. I'm really. Yeah, I know. I know. I I know. Like, yeah. But the. Okay. Let's say liberal voices. Yeah, that's liberal voices. There we go. That's what. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say left-wing in that. uh, there was a New York Times article the other day of like the left wing case for Brexit. Uh, the other day, like a few months yeah. ago, during Brexit, obviously the left wing case for Brexit. Ah, yes, the New York Times. Yeah. Tell me about the left wing. Case. <laughs> it's, it's dumb. Um, so liberal voices that you would think that would be sl- that are supposed to be slinging mud at Theresa May when they come at Jeremy Corbyn, they accuse him of actively being a bad person. Yeah. With Theresa May. They don't accuse her of being a bad person. They accuse her of weak hypocrisy. Yeah. So, oh, you said you wouldn't call an election yeah. six months ago, and now you did. And it's like, what effect is that ha- supposed to have on anything? She's called the fucking election. She's got sovereign powers to call an election yeah. when she wants. She doesn't yeah. have to put it to a vote. She doesn't have to do anything. Well, she did put it to a vote. She, um, well, she all had, yeah, she had to put it to the House of Commons vote. But what I mean is um, the decision yeah. to make that it was vote. Her decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there was one of the dumb things about the Fixed Parliament Act, the Fixed Term Parliaments Act, introduced by Nick Clegg, yeah. I'd like to point out. It was a dumb idea, and it was only Is put that... in to make sure that they wouldn't fall apart. It was, yeah, it was to make sure that they wouldn't fall apart before the coalition's end. Mm. Um, because there's no way that any parliamentary party is going to vote against an election, because it's saying, nah, I'd rather not. Yeah. I'd rather not have power. Yeah. There's just no way. Attacking Theresa May on no, no, never her policies. They've attacked Jeremy Corbyn's policies up and down yeah. the board. Yeah, they venomously and, and by outright lying. Yeah. Last week, free school lunches. A big thing was made about all, oh, but what if middle class parents benefit? Yeah. 
uh, parents over earning over 16k a year yeah. and it's like that's not middle class all of that stuff that was all shelved this week today John McDonnell talks about um, how he's going to apply taxation policy what he's yeah. going to tax and he said I think a good ceiling would be people earning over 70k a year which would put them in the top 5% of earners for the UK and the top 10% for London specifically hmm. people came out and said I earn £70,000 a year and I'm not rich well they said like um that the Labour will lose London, mm. as if all of London earns that much, which is stupid, because even the people, well, the people who earn over seventy thousand a year and vote Labour, surely in theory, they believe in redistribution of wealth a bit. They believe in in having rates of tax, especially because there was some of them talking about running a candidate against um, Jeremy Corbyn in Islington. And it's like he's pretty safe yeah. there. He's He's pretty loved. The, well, I mean, people think it's the old... Um, people believe the stereotypes about places like Islington. And it's like, you know Islington is one of the, like, 50 poorest boroughs in the country. Yeah, it's a fucking shithole. It's got I hate tons and tons of people of low earners. It's like, Islington's really it's, fucked up. It, well, it used to be, like, knife crime. Yeah. Like, hotspot. Because you'd have, like, the really poor bit, and then you'd have the bit all around Angel... Yeah, and it's like it's a, like a five minute walk, and then you can go rob some rich people. Yeah. But like, oh, it's horrible. Islington's a horrible place. I've not been there enough to form an opinion on it either way. Yeah, have you been to the garage? Yeah, I've, no, I mean I've been there like three or four times at night. You know, yeah, that nice. kind of thing. It's not very nice. Um, but yeah, back to t- um, Theresa May. It's it, I thought her um, her announcement speech um, was really fucking weird and interesting. Because usually when people make announcement speeches about elections, they're like full of the democratic spirit of the people yeah. and it's time to let the people have a, have a chance. And she was just angry at her enemies. Her, her thing was, give me more power to destroy yeah. my enemies. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a proper... Um, she, see, she was angry at the fact that there are people opposing her will in Parliament. <laughs> and so she wants to get rid of them. The country... Uh, to... to, to Quote directly from it. At this moment of enormous national significance, there should be unity here in Westminster, but instead there is division. Now, there's supposed to be division in Westminster. It's divided into two very easily identifiable aisles. Well, the whole when point... When you go and vote, you divide into two things, yay or nay, The whole point lobbies. of when they defend first past the post is to give definitive... Yeah, one side and other side. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like that's a common po- common political tactic to stress the unity of the nation yeah. above political differences, well, you know, bipartisanship, like. and, and yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it veers into that as we go forward. The country is coming together, but Westminster is not. Mm. What? What country are you in? The country is more divided than I have ever seen it. The country yeah. is fucking disintegrating. Scotland's going to fucking leave. Northern Ireland are talking about reunifying with the Republic. Oh, so good. Wales are not far behind that they either. Are. They're not going to fucking. There's, um, there let's is talk no. About it. Yeah, yeah let's let's talk about it. always talk about it, but they're never going to get anywhere. Um, what what country does she think? Oh, right. She means Tory Britain. She means her Britain. She means her bit. Yeah, but the funny thing is, like, even her fucking constituency, yeah. most of them voted to stay. Yeah. She voted to stay. No, she didn't. Mm. She campaigned on the Remain side. Yeah, she did, because she does what she's told. Mm. But now she's in charge. She doesn't need to do... She, now she's in charge, and now we've seen what happens when anyone disagrees with her. She tries <laughs> to get rid of them all. <laughs> um, in recent weeks, Labour has threatened to vote against the deal we reached with the European Union. 
The Liberal Democrats have said they want to grind the business of government to a standstill. The Scottish National Party say they will vote against the legislation that formally repeals Britain's membership of the European Union. <laughs> and unelected members of the House of Lords have vowed to fight us every step of the way. She's identifying, she's saying, the country is all behind me. I mean, it's specifically not, and I can point to a very important piece of uh, legis recent, legis <laughs> recent, recent kind of vote that kind of points towards that, which is yeah. the fucking Brexit vote, yep. where 48% of them did not vote her way. Um, and she's saying that it's only members of Westminster, it's, only, it's literally only my political enemies are in my way. Yeah, it is fucking ludicrous. It's... Um, they underestimate our determination to get the job done, and I am not prepared to let them endanger the security of millions of working people across the country. That's my job. Um, <laughs> because what they are doing jeopardises the work we must do for Brexit at home, and it weakens the government's negotiating position in Europe, and anything that weakens the, anything that weakens the government via political discussion is not just bad for me. She's not <laughs> saying bad for me. She's saying bad for everything yeah. is evil. Yeah. Which is a fucking dangerous road to go down. Yeah. The thing is, the Labour Party haven't even said that they'll just blanket won't vote for anything. Mm. They said that they wanted to reserve the right to vote on the Brexit deal when it's mm. been gotten. Mm. So she's not even... It's not like she's saying that... She's literally saying that any disagreement will ruin the country. Yeah. but that, Which is ludicrous because... Yeah. Ugh, because she's taking the powers of an autocrat. Yeah. She is actively, I mean, aside from the Great Repeal Bill, which gives the government yeah. a lot of oversight over legislation that they don't have to put through Parliament. I do worry that if the Tories win a massive majority, that it is going to be probably the one of the nastiest governments we've ever had. It, it, yeah, yeah. It will, it will be bad, because they actively want to kill people. They want to kill you... They want to kill. Well, there's a couple of like people abroad. There's a couple. Well, they like oh, no there'll be there'll be war. Um, but there's like a couple of like um, quality of life things. Yeah. For everyone, not just like fucking over the poor, which is just generally what Tories do. Mm. But if May gets a lot of power, there's a couple of little things that she'll do. Like, I reckon she'll push back a lot of gay rights. Hmm. She's not a fan. I, I think she'll. She ain't a fan. I think she'll quite. She'll put more qualifications on them, mm. which is fucked up. I mean, abortion is another thing that they've already been. They like pushing back on that. They've they've already been um, funding uh, anti-abortion uh, groups to provide um, advisory services within the abortion. Process. No, that shit can fuck. That shit can really fuck <laughs> yes, off. Yes, that shit absolutely. can fuck off. Like I haven't personally had an abortion. Mm. But I have. You said it was abortion. <laughs> Dragged you into an alleyway. Um, alleyway? But I've been there when my partner had, had an abortion, was having an abortion, and it's bad enough without having to sit for a lecture about why it's wrong to do it. Mm. And that's what these are. They're, they're, they're disgusting. But, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I assume you probably are pro-life, pro-choice. <laughs> <laughs> pro abortion. I'm, the thing is, I'm, I'm anti life. Really, the, <laughs> the more the grumpier I get, the more. Oh, uh, you rule breaking cynic. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care who you offend. No, I do not, <laughs> and that's why I'm going to be working for thingy. Um, check, forgot to name it. Infowars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Infowars, the only untapped political resource. I'll start working with Sargon of a card. 
my favourite games reviewer. Hey, Sargon, and women of a, hater. Sargon of Akkad works alone. He doesn't need a partner. He needs someone to change his colostomy back. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a weird one because I say a weird one. It's it's a it's a shameless power grab off the back of a shameless power grab. Yeah. And the only thing that gives me a little bit of hope is between the Brexit vote and last December. Yeah. 120,000 people who probably voted Brexit died uh, because of old age. I believe there was somebody, I saw some figures on it the other yeah. day, it was something like, by the time Brexit comes in, 500,000 people. I think it would be more than that. Who, um, it'll be more than that. Who, have, uh, vo- who voted Brexit yeah. will have, will have yeah. died. It'll be, yeah. yeah, and so I'm hoping, you know, that maybe, and maybe this time young people will turn out to vote. I did get really pissed off with Armando Iannucci all over Twitter saying everyone should register to vote and everyone should vote. It's like your entire career is. Based I hate on... that shit. Yeah, I fucking well, hate that shit. His entire career is based on the based on making like dis, making people disaffected with politics. Yeah, it's making people cynical about the possibility of political transformation, yeah. and the idea that it it could have been a sketch that he wrote himself about just the five year rubber stamping of governments going in and having complete power to do anything they want and not being beholden to anybody. Yeah, like. That is the reality of that. And I mean, I'm going to sound I'm gonna be a massive hypocrite and say, for fuck's sake, if you're ever going to vote Labour, probably vote now. Yeah. But I don't feel good saying it. And that's yeah. more of a, a case of kind of the utter depoliticisation of the country and the, the kind of shutting off of any avenue. Well, like, what, like, I mean, I suppose what I hope is that the Tory, the Tory brand at the minute, if it were, if it, this is they're as toxic as they've ever been. Possibly slightly less on racial issues and I social issues. I think, I think they, they are, are toxic, but I think the public have developed quite the immunity to the yeah. toxins. Um, Theresa May's whole platform is that, I mean, this was Cameron's as well, there is no alternative, those kind of shutting off of other visions of how the, the country could be. Yeah. But whereas Cameron's was, there is no alternative but my alternative... Theresa May seems to be there's some unknown or there's some unknown vision out there, but I don't know what it is. But there's no alternative to it. Yeah. What I'll do is I'll focus your attention on attacking your enemies, because her whole thing is oh you need to get people out of the way of me while I'm doing my Brexit thing. Yeah. But her her appeal and the Brexit appeal in a larger sense came from getting inside people's heads. The Tories have managed this amazing ability and it's it's because things are hard right now people people are struggling um the the old kind of lower middle class is sliding back down mortgages and everything kind of affect them and and have made them spiteful made them spiteful made them more spiteful yeah and Theresa may represents this kind of direction completely in that she has this ability to get in your head and convince you that what she's doing is tackling your enemies so all those little, little, like, all those little annoyances in your life. She is doing that. She is framing that your problems are the literally Jeremy Corbyn or yeah. whoever disagrees with her that week. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's why people voted Brexit because of the Tory party getting in their heads. I think people voted Brexit because it no, was, but I think it's, it's because they've been told for so long that the reason why their but lives Bre- were shit but, was because of the EU. Yeah, but Brexit, but that was a conservative vote, a small C conservative yeah. thing, wasn't it? It was a spiteful lashing out at whatever the world was now, yeah. however it existed. It was a big negation, that vote. 
L- most people voted n- who voted no voted because they were not happy with the status quo. Yeah. And she hasn't given them anything else. No, but no. But she said, I'm the one to negate this status quo. And she can only go so far with that, especially with the language she's using, without unlocking something very fucking dangerous. Because when when the promised utopia of a po- post-Brexit Britain doesn't happen, who are they going to turn on? And who are, th- who are how are politicians going to be... Tra- what are politicians really good at when it comes to deflecting blame for harmful policies, it's going to be immigrants. Yeah. It's going to be foreigners. It's going to be funneling them into another war. It's just, it's really fucking, it's really dangerous. Yeah. I think, let's go into a little light looking at some of the parties, looking at the main parties now, okay. and what they're going to be trying to do. Yeah, because we've kind of done Labour and Conservatives... Yeah, but well, we haven't. We just ranted about them a bit. But yeah. what, we don't even know what the Conservatives are going to be standing for, except for hard Brexit. Yeah. Hardest of hard Brexit, which I'm not even sure a lot of Tory voters wanted. No. Because that's the thing that's happened now, that like that's just generally accepted that it's got to be the hardest of Brexits. But it's something none like, of that means anything. But I mean, anyway. the weird thing is that like three quarters of the CBI um, recommended to remain because yeah. they're... like. Big businesses' fortunes is tied up in the EU. Yeah, it's. Um, I quite like what the Labour Party are saying at the moment, which is not making it about Brexit, which is making it about the rest of the stuff yeah. that a party would do. Um, but it's quite telling that the the media are already hammering them hard, saying, "Oh, they're not even talking about Brexit," even though in Corbyn's first speech he did mention it a couple of times. Yeah, but um. Yeah, the Labour and the Conservatives are going to do what everyone expects them to do. Corbyn is going to be to the left of Ed Miliband, despite what the likes of Helen Lewis will say. <laughs> um, and it will be interesting to see how many obnoxious liberals who told people like me and you to hold our noses and vote for Ed Miliband. Fucking, that's what I wanted to talk Polly about. Polly Toynbee. Yeah, that's what I wanted to... Failed politician, Polly Toynbee. <laughs> that's what I wanted to talk about. All of the stuff about, um, as, as the side note of liberals going, oh, I'm voting for Lib Dem. I can't possibly vote for Jeremy Corbyn. How many times has the centre-left and the centre tried to discipline the left yep. by telling them, oh, you can't let the Tories in. Oh, you can't let the t- you can't split the vote. Oh, no. you've got to vote for Ed Miliband. You've got to vote for Tony Blair. You've got to vote for Gordon Brown because yeah. we can't let the Tories in. And what does the first thing that they do yeah. is fucking split the vote yep. when it actually fucking matters. Unbelievable. But, yeah, so yeah, Polly Toynbee has been pretty disgusting. Yeah. Um, she's been pretty bad today and I think yesterday. But so the Lib Dems... Mm. Glorious Lib Dems. Ah, yes. Who are the third rail. Already... <laughs> powering politics forward with their 11 MPs. <laughs> have already said that they're not going to rule out siding with the Tories, which means that they are going <laughs> to side with the Tories. They, they changed their tune from opposing Brexit to opposing hard Brexit. Yeah. So they're going to moderate Brexit if they, if they went into coalition with the Tories in the same way that they moderated... David Cameron's government. <laughs> um, and, you know, they, they they got a lot of their policies through. Tuition fees were abolished. Yep, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else did the... What else did Lib Dems want? I can't remember, because they based that entire platform uh, on that thing, and then they, they wanted, just went back on it. They wanted the AV vote, which they had and then lost. They didn't want an AV vote. They uh, wanted PR vote. Uh, they wanted PR, but they settled for half of it. Then they and argued, then and then they wanted AV+, plus, <laughs> and, then they argued, and then they got settled for AV. <laughs> oh, yeah. fucking idiots. 
So yeah, the Lib Dems. And there's been a lot of people saying that they'll vote for the Lib Dems. Mm. And it's an important thing to note that Tim Farron, the head of the Lib, the leader of the Lib Dems, is a homophobe who opposes a woman's right to choose. Mm. Um, he said today, he finally said today that he doesn't believe homosexuality is a sin. But that was after numerous times refusing to say that homosexuality wasn't a sin. And saying that we're all born in sin. Yeah, so basically he's learned to lie now. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't think in the space of twelve hours from like Channel Four on Channel Four News yesterday and this morning, he had a deep theological moment, like he discussed with God and changed his mind. Because he's an evangelical Christian, he doesn't fucking change his mind. <laughs> and it's important to note that what's one of the Tory policies that he voted in line with the government on? He voted in line with Nadine Dorries <laughs> on an, on a thing to um, curb abortion. Yeah. Because it's, so, it's what he believes. And why he's Lib Dem leader is baffling to me. Because the rest of them were <coughs> too tainted with being in the um, there was coalition. Nothing, there was nothing left of them after... Well, yeah, the they were too tainted with being well, in yeah. the coalition government. Who else are you going to choose? Who else, who else would, who would you choose to be leader of the yeah, Lib Dems? I don't know any of them. I know, I know there's like been a, a solid pedigree of really great choice. Be, like, Lib Dems have always had great leaders. Whether it be the ghost of Yemen... Paddy Ashdown. The Butcher of Bahrain. Yeah. <laughs> or, oh, fucking Nick Clegg. Oh, that's the thing, with Lib Dem voters. Yeah. There was a poll, like about, I think it was about two weeks ago, where it was a, a Twitter poll among, <laughs> like, Twitter Lib Dems. In which language is Nick Clegg sexiest in? <laughs> and that just says everything you need to know about Lib Dem voters. But that they're mentally ill. Well, English, of course. He's so lugubrious. He I can think, flex this way, that. Think, it doesn't I matter. The, I think they decided on Spanish. <laughs> I think... Oh, it's just... Uh. But yeah, so, you know, Tim Farron, and he is a... Well, he's a piece of shit. I, I occasionally feel sorry for Tim Farron. No, he has, he has a really an, ugly face. He, he has, has a very an, round face. I was about to say, he has an unfortunate face. He always looks... He chose that face. Whenever... <laughs> Whenever he's um, interviewed or anything like that, or yeah. whenever he's taken a photo, he always looks like a man who's been forced to make his own ransom video. <laughs> You're thinking of that photo of him with the milk, aren't you? <laughs> he was like, please, don't... He's trying to signal with his eyebrows. He's like, I, I'm sorry. I, I, trying to get a message out. <laughs> trying to get was, his GPS coordinates. <laughs> I, was, um, I was reading about Tim Parent, because other than him being a homophobe who thinks that um, chemicals in the water turns frogs gay... Oh yeah, that was amazing. I did pick yeah, that up. Um, believing that you years ago, wasn't it? Um, he, be- I think he, he might not now, but he definitely used to believe that you could cure gayness. I think that that thing was part of uh, was part of the same interview, wasn't it? Because he said that um, oh, I, I believe that there's some chemical cures that can yeah. that have worked on frogs. But it's like turning a freaking frog's gay. Exactly. He's oh, he's such a he's he's an odd one. I but, also um, learned it's today, weird because like he's all he's like just standard Lib Dem. Yeah. Right up until that stuff, mm. because he's a hardcore Christian, mm. and it's a weird thing. I think liberals in Britain have become so disgusted with atheists and how obnoxious <laughs> atheists are. They've forgotten how no, annoying they are, they are. Them, they are the atheists. They are the obnoxious. Yeah, but they've gotten annoyed with like Most, you know Dawkins the ranting ones who and raving. Gone, uh, conservative. That, yeah. So um. So then they've forgotten how bad Christians are. <laughs> but um. What are the things he said? Oh, Jesus, a fucking picture of him. My fucking iPad. Um, oh, that was it. He got in trouble for 
a leaflet that he complained about. Although I say it was a bunch of Christians who were doing, who were like curing people with prayer, um, and he complained when the advertising standards agency like shut him down and asked for them to prove categorically that you couldn't heal with prayer. So that's who you want—a lunatic. And also, when I was reading his bio on his own website, it just has that standard fucking politician fucking bullshit, where it has like. In his limited spare time, Tim enjoys the following. Tim enjoys following the misfortunes of Blackburn Rovers. Jesus, playing football, fell running. What's fell running? Uh, isn't it running on a fell? I mean, yeah, it's like going around the moors and like, um, like doing like like a cross country run. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, well, that's the only reason you go to a moor, surely, <laughs> to dispose of a body. Um, walking in the Lake District. And listening to various kinds of music. That was my favourite thing. I'm the a highlight. music fan. Yeah. I would list as one of my interests, sound. <laughs> it's, it's just that he's the kind of person who's like, so what's your, fav- your favourite song? What's your favourite album? My favourite album is definitely, now that's what I call music, whatever the reason. What's your favourite Beatles album? Hmm, tough one. I would say the best of the Beatles. Exactly. <laughs> And the right answer is none of them, because the Beatles suck. I like Sgt. Peppers. You're wrong. I always like it. You're wrong. You're wrong about a lot of things. Prove that I'm wrong. Prove that you're wrong Prove about that the I'm Beatles. Prove wrong about the Beatles. Prove that it isn't... Well, they have no longevity, no longevity at all. <laughs> They're not around now. That's, that's for our other podcasts. We can't talk about music. <laughs> <laughs> because I just scream at you when you say Sgt. Peppers is a fine album, and I refuse to accept it. Um, but yeah, so Tim Farron, Lib Dems... Don't vote for the Lib Dems because they're just going to side with the Tories. And it, also, what do you think that they they don't believe in anything good? They believe in liberalising as much as possible. Mm. They maybe in a, a long time ago they were kind of centre left, mm. but they're not. They're not at all anymore. The Tories believe in shoving the poison bottle down your throat. The Lib Dems believe in slowly dosing your food until you just drift off into sleep. They wouldn't dose your food. I bet you they believe in um, taking fluoride out of the fucking water as well. <laughs> because otherwise it'll turn the frogs gay. They're fucking disgusting. No, there's, there's, a, there's a, a good point to be made there. That liberal liberal people... in I'm not just talking about commentators, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of friends I have who kind of identify as liberals, if they identify as anything at all, who have gone into overdrive about the EU. Like, they are super, super upset about Brexit and they will do anything to stop it. It's this weird kind of, like, fetishization of, of the A EU. neoliberal trading block. Yeah, of, of what is actually, if we're being frank, pretty fucking harmful to the world in many, many ways. Yeah. It harms... It, you know, it, it shut down the Greek economy in order to pay back debts. It um, routinely allows... Um, hundreds of migrants to die because of their their kind of immigration policies. Yeah. It waves through kind of repressive labour regulations all the time, and you wouldn't think that people could get so strong about it. But the only thing, the only I was thinking about this uh, yesterday and today, and the only thing I can think of, you know, that story about um, I can't remember what book it's from. Um, there's a woman whose husband dies, and um, she is, seems to be okay. She seems to hold it, hold it together. And she's really... Uh, she has a dog. She's very affectionate with the dog. She loves the dog. The dog... Two weeks later, the dog gets hit by a car and she completely breaks down 
in a way that she should have done over her husband but didn't. And the only thing I can think is that they've done they do that over an actual liberal state because Britain and Europe generally have not been liberal states for a long time. I mean, you could argue if ever in their in their no. kind of imperial guises. But through the 60s and 70s they became less and less liberal, the kind of the 80s neoliberalism yeah. hits and and obviously all of the things that they believe, all the kind of the good stuff, the, the gay rights, the kind of a well-funded welfare state, which I regard as a fucking liberal thing and not just as a socialist thing. Well, no. A... Although socialists put it into place and actually advocate for, fight for it, liberals like to think that they support it, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. And it's almost as if this kind of focus on the EU is like a kind of delayed mourning process for everything that they couldn't fight for when it was actually up, up for grabs. And it would kind of explain why they go so hard against things like like simple things like free university education, which was something that um, Corbyn floated the other week. Yeah. A, something that they have largely been in favour of for the entire time. Yeah. The entire, t- like the entire time that people are li- political liberals. Yeah. They advocate for a free university education. Most of them maybe came from university and want to see that extended. But there was reaction to it. Because yeah. it was like, there was one, uh, what was her name? The uh, the Guardian Education Correspondent. Laura McInnes. I think that's her name. Who we mentioned the other the other week about um, free school, uh, talking against free school lunches. Yeah. And she was like, why should my um, bus driving dad pay for free university education? And I'm trying to, like, I feel like a fucking daily idiot. Because I'm like, why are these people... Doing this, and you have that very—you have a very straight answer for it. Obviously, I just—I want to get—I want to actually understand how they can how they can nitpick and oppose everything that they claim to actually okay. believe in in, another, I, in okay. another lifetime. Couple of little things. Yes, enlighten me. I think a lot of the, a lot of the people who are bitching about um, are like are so tightly bound to the EU. I think a lot of the bitching is my holidays. Mm, yeah, so those like cues are fucking horrible. Yeah. Um, I think they're upset about a notion of what Britain is, yeah, and they like to think of us as like being yeah. this multicultural, welcoming environment, but we're not. Yeah, it's not in many places. It's not. Yeah. yeah. Plus, they are a bunch of neoliberals. Yeah. They they like they you know they want it's the um the sideshow Bob thing. Yeah. They want your your um conscience makes you vote Democrat, but deep down you want a cold hearted Republican to rule you like a king. <laughs> um, but like the um the free education thing, that one, oh that one drives me around the bend. Um, because they'll 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 oppose the notion of raising taxes on like people who earn over seventy thousand a year, mm. and they'll say you know that it's disgusting. You know how they raise, and the thing is, it won't affect their bus driving dad. It'll affect, because they don't have a bus driving dad. Um, they'll say they're bus driving dad, but really they mean their, I don't know, stockbroker dad. Yeah. If it's for the fucking new statesman. Or if they were a bus driver, they were a bus driver 20, 20 years ago, retired on a good pension yeah. and um, bought their house and ha- owned property. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the thing is, and it's the way people should look at the notion of, especially like taxing anything over 70,000, mm. is... If me and my wife earn more than seventy thousand, our kids yeah. going to be going to university soon. Yeah. If we anything that we can get at the moment, we're saving up for her university. Mm. If we had free education, and it was paid for by taxing even a hundred percent of over seventy thousand, 
I would be all in favour of that mm. because that money would just be going towards sending my kid to university anyway. Yeah. And this way, everyone's kid gets to go to university. It'd be so much better. Mm. But, they, but they're a bunch of selfish assholes. That's, it, it's really simple. They, 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 they love the EU because they're selfish and they want, they want shorter queues. They want the benefits of it and not the... Yeah. Well, they don't see any of the negative aspects of the EU, mm. which is something that UKIP said, mm. which is, it's kind of true. But the thing is, when UKIP is saying about, you know, they don't see the negative aspects of um, the, the you know, rich metropolitan leagues, don't see the negative aspects of the EU. To be fair, neither do most of the people who vote UKIP. Mm. Yeah, oh, it just drives me around the bend. Liberals are dumb as fuck and they're going to vote Lib Dem. And then when they side with the Tories, they'll go, oh, no. But they'll be really happy because deep down, they are all fucking Tories. It's just they're afraid to say it. The people, the ones I know, are afraid to say it in front of me. Yeah, it would. I mean, it would. It would definitely explain the the kind of scapegoating of Jeremy Corbyn because they're, they're like they're accusing him of being kind of almost. They almost portray him as like the main architect of of Brexit. Yeah, which and it's is like, dumb. well, no, he. I think it, to be fair, I think he made a proper tactical error in not turning Brexit into the proper oppositional. He should have pivoted around that issue and used it as a fucking club to beat people with. Because there were 48% of people who voted Remain. Yeah. He could have used it. I mean, I don't think... I think he has fairly Eurosceptic opinions. He is. He's, he's a, he's but, a, he wants to leave the EU. Yeah, he wants to leave the EU. But, I mean, he's not dumb enough to realise that... He's, he's smart enough to realise that the Brexit that we got was not his Brexit. It no. was not a left-wing no, Brexit. No, we're not going to get It was not a Brexit. nice, progressive Brexit. No of divorcing ourselves from the negatives. If anything, it was done to reinforce those neoliberal negatives yeah. that existed already. Oh, do you know what would be really nice? Yeah. We leave the EU. Yeah. 15 years from now, mm. we rejoin the EU. <laughs> but this time, we don't get to have all the special treatment that we got. We get the Euro. We get everything. And we end up like Belgium. Because you know where's nice? Belgium. <laughs> I'd happily have Britain just be Belgium. Just quiet and on the outskirts. It's never. It's Britain's never had that um, that kind of being able to be quiet thing. It's it's ruling. No. I, I should say Britain. I don't mean Britain like as some kind of amorphous psychic entity. I mean it's ruling class. Yeah. It's never been able to accept that secondary role because in their heads they're pioneering. They're all pioneering the new Elizabethan age. God. Oh, and, um, Blair had it. They all. No, had speaking it. of that. Um, Oh shit, forgot his name. Liam Fox. Yeah. Liam Fox this week, um, well last week, when he came back after flying all over the world looking for silks and spices the likes of which the world has never seen. Yeah. And did you see how many deals he came back with? How many? None. <laughs> of course he came back with fucking none. Because they he can't. Because he literally can't because we're still a member of the EU and we can't negotiate, they won't negotiate with anyone no. separately. And um, oh, it's the thing with... With Corbyn, I've seen a lot of stuff going around. Like, um, there were a bunch of liberals online saying, like, um, he supports Hamas. There were some people saying that, that the Labour Party are funded by Iran. That's hilarious. What? Uh, I feel first stupid. off, I feel stupid for asking this, but what was their evidence? <laughs> well, there was no evidence. Um, but you know, like, oh, look, he's in favor, he, you know, he's a fan of Hezbollah. Hezbollah are homophobic. Hmm. But then they're all going to vote for two for who's literally <laughs> over. And Jeremy Corbyn has actively... Like, I think he was complaining about Section 28 in 87. Yeah. Yeah, he's of that generation. Yeah. Sorry, this is... 
the fourth pint of gin and bitter lemon today <laughs> since starting the podcast. It's become yeah. less of a Brexit buzz and more of a <laughs> Brexit breakdown. Well, down. I'm going to sort of drink myself into a coma mm-hmm. and then, like a shaman, <laughs> interpret my visions to work out what we should do next. Form yourself a cocoon out of shattered glasses and dreams. Yeah. And then just go to sleep until June the 8th. So who are you going to vote for? Um, I mean, I'm in... I won't have moved by then, so I'm in a, I'm again in a fairly solid Labour area. Rosina Ali Khan, who took over from um, Sadiq Khan. Um, so it's 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 going to be Labour, because uh, it's a better Labour party. I actually don't have to hold my nose voting for Labour this time, but who knows what That's happens it. on June the fucking 9th, you know? It's... 8th. Uh, I mean, the day after. Oh. You know, who knows how I feel after that. I mean, I think... I've talked about this before and I've not got any particular kind of idea of what's going on out there in the larger kind of left movement. Left movements. But perhaps one positive that comes out of this, if Jeremy Corbyn is ousted and they replace him with some other fucking... It's not going to be ousted. Empty shoot. Empty if they suit. lose, he's still going to be... He's, well, if he, I mean, if I, they force I, another I, election, he's getting back in. Well, there we go. I mean, if he—I mean, if he chooses to stand out, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, right? I, that's something that I really can't tell whether they'll get their way. I don't understand who they think they're going to replace him with. Who do they think would be Dan doing Jarvis. better than Jeremy? But would Dan, ah, actually, would Dan look, Jarvis be doing better now than Corbyn? Look at the social position? media today. I don't Yvette think he would. Cooper. Oh God! Again. It's happening over and over again. How many times can you do the same fucking type of candidate and come up with nothing? Yeah. The Labour Party has to ask itself some serious questions. If it comes out of this as is expected and it has a, at best, a reduced, it becomes a reduced party, they need to look at themselves and actually say what they're for. Because at the moment... They're not for anything. If then with Corbyn, he was their last chance. Yeah. He had a kind of they've gone round every type of leader that they could possibly do. There yeah. is no one else. Yeah. They there's no one else in Jeremy Corbyn's position who I think would be doing any better than he is no, right now. He'll just be it'll just because be they a, will, an old, it'll be another an, it'll be another Price Waterhouse Cooper's consultant, maybe one who spent some time in the army. Yeah. Um, and they'll go full on like Patriot and people will look at them and go, if I wanted to vote patriotic, I'd fucking vote for the Tories. Yeah. Because they have a lockdown on that. Yeah. All these people are in PR. They know about like maximizing negatives and minimi- and maximizing positives. You know, they know that kind of fucking bullshit. Why are they not applying it now? The yeah. only thing, as I, to continue my thought, like the only thing I can think of coming out better is that at least perhaps there is a chance for something extra parliamentary. With, as far as socialist so socialism is concerned, because I think it's probably clear by now that the Labour Party are not a suitable vehicle for the proper change that you want to see. No, they've never been. So we have to start looking at other options and other methods to actually create any kind of other future other than the fucking hellscape that seems to be opening up before yeah. us. So. Maybe it gets people interested in actually engaging with um, like the, the lower earners and the working class population in this country that in won't. a way that doesn't involve asking for them to vote for an MP. That won't. Because I, I, 
No, another, like, it wouldn't be the Labour Party I'm talking about. Something yeah. something else, anything else. It would have to be, it, uh, if, if Labour do lose as much as they do, it's, that's the time to start thinking about those kind of tactics. There's not enough time right now. I presume that was where it was going beforehand. But a left in this country doesn't have a future unless it either wins power in Parliament, which is so very, seems so very unlikely now. We have to prepare for failure. I think I'm always prepared for failure because yeah, but not going back <laughs> lefties. Yeah, but, but um, preparing for failure, I'm, but not go, not like getting just depressed about it. I'm you know quite hopeful, really. Yeah, I think there are more people that will like that like Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah, than the polls say. Mm-hmm. Um, the Labour Party once the election was called, the Labour Party saw a massive increase in members mm-hmm. yeah. again. Yeah, um, it would be weird in some of the swing seats, but I could I could see them not doing that badly. I mean, at least a general election kind of crystallizes things. Yeah, into a clear, into, on it. it focuses attention. It focuses it into an either or choice. Yeah, which is useful. At the minute, up till now, we've had a kind of disparate, kind of general a- attack on Jeremy Corbyn, while everybody else doesn't get involved in politics. Yeah. Like most most people don't, because they've been so turned off by it. I think it's most people went. Well, most people I know if they look at the stuff that he wants to do, hmm. are in favour of that yeah. shit. But, um, it's whether that can get out and actually communicate to people. You know, if, if, yeah. if, it, can, if it can get on pages, and if, if you can... I mean, I know she's not going to be doing TV debates because, frankly, she looks like... I know, a fucking, I'm really excited. She looks like, like, it looks like a Haradan. It looks like BBC and ITV are going to empty seat her. Oh, that would be good. It'd be so good. It would be good. The only thing I hope is that Tim Farron actually doesn't try and derail it. Well, it's not going to happen. He is totally going to try and derail it because he's just going to. It's just going to become uh, pro Brexit, anti Brexit on that stage with the empty seat of Theresa May. And I hope. Yeah, but that the thing is, he should can come out of that. Well, if because he's pretty. Good. Depending on how you do a debate, if you're going to have a, if you're going to have the debate and have like I don't know the, the top three parties. Yeah, then I mean, he doesn't get to be on there. Well, I mean, I assume. Yeah, I mean, I assume you're going to have SNP. Are you going to have? Do you reckon you'll have the Greens and uh, UKIP, <laughs> whatever UKIP are by well, that point? Well, okay. If you're going to go by numbers, mm. and you have like, if they do it last time when they have the three, yeah, then it's SNP, Labour, Tories with an empty seat for Theresa May. Yeah. If you have, and then if you extend it to five, mm-hmm. then you're going to have the Greens and the Lib Dems. Yeah, or you could have the Irish parties, but they never, they, no one ever talked about the Irish parties. No, they all uh, Sinn Fein don't take their seats, do they? No, mm. <laughs> but um, uh, UKIP are going to get a lot more attention than they deserve. Mm. Oh, Again. did you hear? Did you hear today? Um, like Aaron Banks, Aaron Banks, former UKIP funder, is going to stand against Douglas Carswell in his constituency. It's oh, fucking fuck hilarious. Sake. It's amazing. Remember all those predictions about how UKIP was set to like. Take, Storm. take the third party or the second party. Douglas Farage is going to stand again in Fanet. Uh, is he? He said it's 50 50, but he's yeah. going to stand again in Fanet. Yeah. And God, I hate Fanet. Have you, you've been to Fanet? I have been to Planet. I have been to Planet Fanet. Yeah. And it is a, another planet. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's some weird little bits of Kent. And like, Sheppy's an odd one. Mm Fanet is another one. <laughs> I think they would technically be islands if the sea levels were ever so they are higher. <laughs> they are islands. Fanet uh, a proper island? I think. I think it is. I think there's parts of that, like what we call Fanet. Yeah, I think the, it the, extends like the area. It extends onto the mainland. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna try and do it again. Yeah, and 
oh god, it feels like I was watching the news today and they were talking to people who fan it. It's like, so Nigel Farage might stand again. What do you think? And this one just goes, oh, he's friends with Trump, isn't he? Does is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. And then she just wandered <laughs> off. And it's like, oh god, I hate politics. I hate everything about this country. I'm voting for Yogsagov. <laughs> he is the way. He is the darkness and the truth. <laughs> well, he's standing for the Tories in uh, Clacton as well, anyway. So. He would be standing with the Tories. <laughs> he would be standing for the Tories. If Nyarlathotep were standing... Well, Nyarlathotep's is a different one. He's a different part? elder god. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, actually. I was trying to work it out. Like, um, well, Yogsagoth doesn't need to stand, does he? <laughs> trying to work it out with, like, <laughs> He elder. is the pie. <laughs> I was trying to work it out, actually, today. I was like, um, I was thinking, I know... I'm going to make a joke about setting up a battle board for the election. And I was thinking, what what kind of figures do I have? Yeah. I have Warhammer 40k figures. <laughs> and I was thinking, okay, so the orcs would be, I'd say, Labour. Mm. You know, the gen- well, especially Corbyn Labour. You know, paint things red, make them go faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Theresa May would be Space Marines. Yeah, sure. Because Christian. Cosmic fascists, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was thinking for the Lib Dems, and I was thinking, even in the grim dark future of the forty first millennium, there isn't a mewling quizzling race. Tau. No, but they're not. <laughs> there like there isn't a mewling quizzling race, and that's what they are. A bunch of mewling cowards. <laughs> and then I got all upset, and then I just got <laughs> I just got all upset again about the election. Which is why, like 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 what we started to have this with our thing is um, me trying to make you forget your worries, mm. but I don't have anything this week. Yeah, I do though. You can make I'm me forget my worries. I'm here to forget your troubles. Make me forget my troubles. Uh, this would have been <laughs> this would have been a lot fucking funnier had the election been called. But then a lot of things would have been funnier if the election hadn't been called. Yeah, we could have talked um, about Donald Trump and his golden carriage for hours. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, an amazing interview with uh, Steve Hilton who was the former advisor to David Cameron, commonly referred to as his blue sky thinker. Was he the big society guy? Um, I believe he was the big society guy. and Fantastic. Yeah, that, that guy. Um, and the big society, as all of our listeners will know, has made our lives delightful. It's such a big society. Huge it is, yep. but within very specific borders. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, he was kind of one of those like hippie conservatives who tried to um, detoxify the Tory party after um, their loss in 97. Um, came in with Cameron. Was their stupid tree logo his idea? Uh, I Probably, it sounds like something that he would have done. Um, he left the Tories to go and found one of various um, Silicon Valley startups. So he's uh, in San Francisco. Because so, of course, yeah, because that's the, that's the career yep. path. But there's a, uh, uh, an interview with him in The Guardian this week. Um, and it uh, it starts off by saying I'm a silicon. He's a Silicon Valley CEO, and uh, he doesn't have a smartphone. Yep. So like in um, it's always sunny with the waitress when she says she just doesn't have internet. <laughs> he can't. <laughs> How does he not have a smartphone? And it's like in my I. It's so, hard not to have a smartphone. It's like when people when they do the thing. It's like oh, you see these these work these people on benefits and they've got a flat screen TV. It's like. Well, that's because CRT televisions are like really expensive, actually. Yeah. Because they're like vintage also, antiques now. And also flat screens, if you have a bit of money, they're a really good investment for spending your off time. You well, know? you can't buy a CRT television. No, you know what I mean, a flat screen. Yeah. yeah. So how? where do you go to buy a phone that 
isn't a smartphone. <laughs> there are there are some, but also the benefits of spending a little extra to get an entry level smartphone by far outweighs the social nagging <laughs> that you seem to get if you do anything other than eat grawl from a shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Steve Hilton's office looks so typically San Fran tech startup that it could be the work of a set designer. Surfaces are matte white, the centerpiece is the kitchen, and there are various bins for different types of recycling. The only thing missing is Hilton. He can't call to say that he's running 45 minutes late because he doesn't own a smartphone. The CEO of Crowdpack ditched his five years ago. Now, hang on. He can't call to say he's late because he doesn't have a smartphone. Yeah. Does he not have a phone? <laughs> I. This is what she is trying to present. Yeah, that he doesn't have a phone. <laughs> okay, this is good. This is real good. This presents another problem when he arrives because he has to leave again in 15 minutes having promised to attend an exhibition at his son's school. Would I mind coming too? We could do the interview in the back of an Uber. Sure, I say, assuming he'll call one. Doesn't he have, an, he have an Uber account? He looks at me, bemused. I don't have a phone. So I call an Uber on my account, and we say, he's worth something like $43 million, mostly through his um, wife, who is the CEO of Uber. <laughs> Was the CEO of Uber until recently. Sorry, no, I'm just, I'm just stuck in this idea in my head of him not having a phone. So, like, he just has a tin can on a string. <laughs> okay, yeah. In his old life, Hilton was David Cameron's close friend, strategy director, and blue sky thinker. No one's David Cameron's close friend. (laughs) Godfather to his eldest son, Ivan, and so close that Michael Gove once observed, it's impossible to know where Steve ends and David begins. Rumoured to have voted green in 2005, he was the funky liberal architect of Cameron's detoxification programme, the acceptable face of the new Tories, who dreamed up the big society and became famous for arriving at work barefoot in in cycling shorts. You know the type. I don't. <laughs> I have never associated with someone who goes around barefoot in cycling shorts. <laughs> Although I was considering giving up shoes. I was Out of sheer laziness. <laughs> Shoe laces are hard. <laughs> Get those Velcro ones. They're cool. Well, you I'll get the ones with little dinosaurs on it, some Power Rangers on it or something. They don't Great. make them in my size. <laughs> He also became famous for falling out with almost everyone in Whitehall. And in 2012, probably because of the cycling shorts, and in 2012 left for California and a new life with his wife, Rachel Whetstone, suddenly very much the second half of the power couple. Whetstone was then Google's director of communications and later moved to Uber, but she abruptly quit her job there this week. Hilton tells an an illuminating story about his wife demonstrating an early prototype of Google's voice activation software. She spoke into a phone, OK, Google, who is Steve Hilton? It replied, Steve Hilton is married to Rachel Whetstone. (laughs) Um, Last year, he resurfaced on the British political scene in the referendum campaign, arguing passionately for Brexit and claiming that, were Cameron a backbencher, he would be supporting Leave too. Relations between the pair were reportedly strained to breaking point, though Hilton has until now maintained that they remained friends. He raised eyebrows even further by coming out as a Trump supporter. And now he has joined Fox News with a show called The Next Revolution, which will explore the rise of populism in a weekly primetime Sunday night slot. If there was ever anything to prove that people who vote green are mentally unhinged. (laughs) Now 47, Hilton has lost none of his restless, bouncy energy. 
and talks flat out for our whole journey. He sounds yeah, he sounds like or if he's not a cokehead, one of those ex cokeheads who feels that if they ever stop, like professional ex cokeheads who feel as if they ever stop, they're just going to die. You know that yeah. kind of this. I'm running away from death. <laughs> I'm cycling barefoot my way away from death. Not gonna catch me on your skateboard, Grim Reaper. He's someone who's. I bet you he's got a nootropic cocktail. <laughs> yes, he's got quite a specific one. He's got quite the mainly Ritalin. Quite, quite the regimen of organic vitamins. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to know what a nice green liberal is doing promoting Trump on Fox, but my question seemed to strike him as typical of the left's lamentably lumpen way of looking at the world. I've got Fox News all wrong, he says. It's the only place where there is actual political debate going on in America. Yes. It was on was it Fox News that had the um the footage of the Moab dropping play with the song. Yeah. You know, debate. Yeah. <laughs> You did see, you see they, that? Did you see that video where they were like, yeah. and like, here's a gif for the red, white, and blue, and it's like, boom. <laughs> I am a real American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I ask if he didn't wince to see veteran Fox presenter Bill O'Reilly mocking the hairstyle of a congresswoman, Maxine Waters, he called it a James Brown wig. A suppressed smile dances around his mouth. I just think people make jokes, say things, you know. What Trump said about grabbing women by the pussy was disgusting, yes. But let's be honest, it's not just Donald Trump that treats women with disrespect and sexualizes them. Although it is also specifically him. Yeah, it's that, it's that thing of, it's okay for him to do it because, you know, I'm doing it too. Um, had Bernie Sanders been the political, the Democratic nominee, Hilton probably would have supported him. Hilton says oh he is God. not really he a conservative. Mad. Yeah, Hilton, it's, it, it's a very schizophrenic thing, this. Hilton says he's not really a conservative or a liberal. It's hard to pin me down because I'm a bit of a Bernie Sanders, a bit of a Rand Paul, a bit of John Kasich. Oh my God. Some people are just really, really odd. He's fallen into that vacuum of like, it's... He is like a kind of 60s refugee, although I'm 47, he's too young to have actually experienced the 60s firsthand. But it's like that kind of ultimate individualism where... If you try and pin me down, I'm going to take that as an insult because I am a sovereign individual. You know that kind of thing? You've got yeah. to be different all oh, the time. I don't have... You, I, I don't ascribe to any labels. Yeah. But weirdly, I will work for the Conservative Party. <laughs> which, you know, that seems to be pretty in line with people that I know who say like, yeah. oh no, I'm not left or right, but I do vote Tory. Yeah. Yes, I do vote Tory. Of course I vote Tory. Because they're sensible. Or more importantly, it's how dare you call me a Tory just because I agree with their policies. And vote them solidly. And vote for them. Um, Continuing, um, he's pro-Trump simply because he was the candidate most likely to shake things up. What Hilton really is, he has realised, is a populist. All of those populist San Francisco CEOs. Oh, God. (laughs) Does his enthusiasm for populism extend as far as hoping for a Marine Le Pen victory in France? He won't say... He won't say, which means he does. He won't say because I just don't know enough about it, but he will say that he's fed up with liberals accusing politicians like her of racism. How dare you accuse the leader of the National Front of racism? <laughs> I did think it was, um, I think it was an article in the Huffington Post today, or it might have been somewhere else, where it was, um, it was a woman talking about how can Marie Le Pen shatter the glass ceiling? <laughs> 
There was a yeah, there was an extra one of those in the Guardian as well. Of like, yeah, just can Marine Le Pen really do it? Can she achieve the summation? She'll be of a narrative? proper feminist hero <laughs> because that's all they want. They just want like they want the sake. Nazi Party, but with female Hitler. Why? Could, you see, if they were historians, at least they'd just be writing her biography after she was dead. Yeah. But they want to write her biography beforehand when she actually has a chance of doing terrible, terrible harm. How dare they accuse her of being racist? I hate it when liberals accuse someone who said it's like in an interview recently. She was talking; they were talking. She was talking about um, overt religious garb hmm. and like you know she'd get rid of the headscarf. Um, and some they asked like, "What about Sikhs turbans?" It's hmm. like, "Yeah, get rid of them." It's like because you don't have many Sikhs. And it's like, "Yeah, we don't have any Sikhs," and they haven't really kicked up that much of a fuss. It's like. <laughs> Oh, you're just horrible. You're a horrible person. I would say, you know, a consistent uh, anti, anti-Islamic racism within the French Republic, especially given their history with Algeria, yeah. is not just kicking up a fuss. <laughs> <laughs> um, continuing on. Last year, post-Brexit, Hil- post-Brexit, Hilton expressed dismay at the anti-immigrant mood that quickly spread, but looks impatient now when I suggest that ugliness, even in unintended, is the all but inev- inevitable consequence of populist rhetoric. I don't think it's inevitable at all. I just think we need massive revolutionary change in the way that we do things. And it's not enough to say that we can't even talk about the necessity of that because it might have ugly consequences. I believe there was something similar written. Ah, it's Germany. Uh, it, does 19, sound more, it does sound more poetic in the original German. <laughs> We've said that so often it's lost all meaning. <laughs> no, it'll always be funny. It'll always be funny. I mean, there's a kind of... Something I've hated about the the kind of response to populism Mm. like populism doesn't mean anything populism in its actual term means something is popular and isn't channeled through institutional means like parties or like uh political institutions that's why they've been using it as a negative term because it's a popular movement that they can't control but the worst thing is despite my own support for that kind of political engagement popular interaction outside of capitalist political institutions yeah and that's the sense they're using it in. But they're also using it just in the sense to describe fascism. Which, fascism requires political institutions. Yeah. Requires those exact political mm. institutions. Because it doesn't work outside of it. There they is can... no there is no working for... There is no popular fascist movement that takes power outside of political institutions. Historically, fascism has always taken power by having a movement and then applying pressure to institutions that are already under, under threat. They can bitch about, like, in this country, the populism with Corbyn. Yeah. And, like, Corbynistas and all that kind of shit. Yeah. But it's Theresa May with the front page, front yeah. cover of the Daily Mail with Crush the Saboteurs. <laughs> the median US household income is lower today than in 1999. Half of the country are on lower incomes. And the poorer you are, the worse it is. And the other half has gone up. Half. Um, yeah. You've had such a catastrophic effect on people's incomes and economic security from this agenda of unconstrained globalisation and all the things that a kind of Davos crowd believes in. That impact on real people's lives, that's ugly. And what you've got is a cry of p- cry for the pain of people whose lives for decades have been really shit. The thing that has always motivated me is that sense of unfairness. More than anything, what upsets Hilton is the staggering lack of empathy of the rich for the lives of most people. I'm rich, but I understand the frustration that people have. Does he think the rich people around him don't get it? They really, really don't. 
We pull up the, at the school, deep in Silicon Valley. <laughs> He's excited to show me around his son's classrooms. The school is experimental. It is also, nonetheless, private and highly exclusive. The cost of our journey here is never mentioned in the way that one wouldn't think of mentioning to pay someone back for a bus fare. <laughs> Isn't Hilton himself a member of the very wealthy coastal elites he castigates? Well, technically, yes. But that's my point about empathy. Just because you're part of it doesn't mean you can't empathise or understand life outside of it, you know. I, f- I find it really I surprising that. that so many people just haven't been able to do that. Should it be that surprising? The thing is, I agree that just because you're rich doesn't mean you can't empathise. No. But, all of his actions... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, it's because I empathise with the poor. That's why I like Donald Trump and David Cameron. Well, also, it's it, it's his language. It's a kind of, oh, the unfairness of it all. Oh, oh, it's just, oh, it's so unfair, isn't it? How I got to marry a billionaire. Bet he believes in the meritocracy. Yeah. Well, that because that's from a perfectly meritocratic place. Yeah. In that he still believes that there should be such a thing as rich and poor people. He just wants poor people to not feel so bad about it. Yeah. Um... It's been a tour de force of fluent certainties, righteous passion, and implacable self-belief. Hilton's self-image as a political pirate, a free-thinking radical on the side of the little guy, is impregnable. See? It's, <laughs> it's again, it's that thing of, it's that uh, individualist, kind of consumerist thing, that 60s thing of, I'm a trailblazer, I'm a renegade, I'm a rule-breaking cynic with nobody... <laughs> I'll hand in my badge, chief. That kind of thing is so fucking damaging now. It's so fucking damaging. It's why I kind of can't... You can't say that any political change now can't just from come from one person. It oh, can't no. come from Corbyn being a maverick. No. Corbyn's not a maverick anyway, but even if he were, any proper change in like couldn't come from just, just him, in the same way as it couldn't come from Bernie Sanders in no. um, America or Melenchon in France. It would have to be a total mass movement. It's, yeah. I think that, that kind of thing has to fucking die. And then I ask one simple question and the whole story he tells about himself unravels. Do he and his family deserve their wealth? He stares at me in surprise. <laughs> uh, How very dare you. <laughs> As he sipped from his crystal goblet. <laughs> uh, I think we... Definitely both work really hard. You've heard that before. Sure, but do they deserve their level of wealth? Well, such a good question. I'm just trying to think. He falls silent for 11 seconds, searching his mind for an answer that doesn't undermine everything he's been saying. I guess, funnily enough, this is what I always felt about the debate about inequality. The problem that needs to be addressed is people not having that security, just worrying so much, and therefore you can't worry about people's earnings at the top. <laughs> so, a cause of stress is how much I'm being fucked over by the rich and by the powerful. But as they lock me in that prison cell, <laughs> as that cop shoots that black teenager dead, yeah. I just want him to, I just wanted to just breathe. Just don't worry about it. Don't worry about that bullet. <laughs> Doesn't matter where it comes from. <laughs> he must surely see that at the heart of inequality and what makes it so toxic is the sense that people aren't getting what they deserve at either end of the pay scale. Yes, he responds. So can he tell the poor he cares about that he deserves what he got? 
he says, I think that's not, because in the end, it's not immoral. I think that's what's all this conversation that's happening around about, that's why, that's the whole, he becomes, <laughs> he becomes unquotably inarticulate. <laughs> I just don't believe it makes sense to try to regulate pay. I just don't. Amazing. There we go. Amazing. There we are. I don't even think that that's the right way to think about it. So don't don't look. Don't look. I'm going to tell you how to make your life better. But don't look. Don't look at it. Fucking hell. Does he not realise that it's how the person who cleans his toilet thinks about it? And how every person who has worked hard, played by the rules, and still can't feed their family? Isn't that precisely what's fueling populism? He thinks again. A lot of people asked how it is that the person who represents the populist thing in America happens to be this billionaire, right? But it's that sense of, is it a fair and legitimate and reasonable way to make money? So when they look at Trump, they say, okay, well, he built buildings. Right, I get that. That's a thing. And he was on TV and he did this show that lots of people enjoyed watching. That's fair enough. That's stuff I can understand. Whereas with Mitt Romney's wealth, it's all from financial wheeler dealing that I don't really understand. Oh, I'm too dumb, too dumb. I see the man on TV, but I think he's all right. That isn't why Trump won. No. No, it's not. Because... Also, describing... Because realistically, Trump's vote was less than Romney's vote. Yeah. He got less people voting for him. Yes. So that's not it. Also, the idea... buying into that narrative, and he's... The idea of Trump not building buildings and not being a financial wheeler dealer. He's been bankrupt four times and got out of it through yes. specifically financial wheeler dealing. Wheeler yes. dealing. It's it's a really interesting thing because obviously he, he it seems like he's never had a proper job. I haven't actually looked into his background, no, but I don't know that he's ever had a job where he's worked for a wage for a boss or anything like that. Because he seems to think money is some kind of um, and, and, and the economy generally is like a money spigot well, no, it's, um, it's he's, like... he's, he's a Ferengi. And it's the, um, what's it, the river? In Star Trek with the um, the Ferengi, they have the, there's the money river, the ca- the river of capital that you swim down. It is something like that. No, I'm going to have to look that up now because I'm, I'm gonna, it's going to make me really grumpy. There we go. The Great Material Continuum. Because <laughs> it's part of the Ferengi rules of acquisition. Yeah, that's it. It's like that kind of... Obnox- it's like especially the tech dickheads yeah. think of money in that way it's, it's like it's this thing <laughs> it's, the, it's the weird thing is that it's almost the end game of like what Marx described as commodity fetishism yeah. which is you abstract the relations between things until it just until we get to this stage where he just thinks that because a stock price goes up and he gets a load of money that that thing is therefore more valuable yeah you know, that it has inherent worth that's kind of... So, I'm rich, so yeah. therefore, by necessity, I have worth. Yeah. You know, it's a very fucking... We're talking about fetishism a lot this week, but... Um, it seems a remarkable coincidence that the sole pillar of our economic system, this radical blue sky thinker won't challenge, is the one that has made his family super rich. Um, he adds... The argument for markets is competitive markets, but this is a tricky defence to mount in Silicon Valley, I suggest, when the economics of the internet are notorious for creating monopolies. Yes. I totally agree. Totally. Yes, he says. So I try once more. Can he say that he and his family deserve their wealth? I think that maybe we're maybe overstating the degree to which we're not in that economic category. We're genuinely not. 
Hilton lives in the second most expensive zip code in America, <laughs> in a house that cost $20.5 million. Whetstone is thought to have earned in excess of $50 million at Google. He's quite right there's an empathy problem among the rich. I'm just amazed he thinks he's miraculously unaffected by it. Yeah, it, cycle, oh. it, it does. It's, it cycles back round to the thing of, yeah, I don't think I'm rich. Yeah. People don't think they're rich. Yeah. And that, that article was by uh, Decker Aitkenhead, by the way. So that interview. Just wanted to put that out there. Give credit where credit's due. Oh, God, that's vile. <laughs> well, he's an idiot. I mean, the great the thing, thing is, is... He's an idiot. The thing that's disappointing that's really upsetting is he's a bona fide idiot mm. who is a multi-multi-millionaire. I mean, the thing is that uh, in in this country anyway, I don't know... I don't know how many of those kind of, like, uh, Blue Sky Thinker, New Age, Blairite people... PR people are actually left in politics because they've yeah. all migrated away to easier jobs like George Osborne did today. Well, yeah, like, um, the... George Osborne uh, quit being MP but today, by the way, to go yeah. and be editor of the Evening Standard. And, yeah. it's, and you know, Louise Mench and uh, Tristram Hunt, they all left to do easier jobs so at least you don't have to put up with that kind of blue sky bullshit in politics as much anymore. who's running, the bloke who's running Theresa May's campaign now, the Australian... Oh, late Lint, uh, Linton Crosby? Yeah, who's yeah. a cunt. Yeah. He's a proper monster. Yeah. But to be honest, he's the same kind of monster that they've had since, yeah. probably like Lee Atwater in America and... Yeah, but he's you know, not the kind of... He says, play the race card as hard as you can, um, isolate people, divide them down into their basic elements and have them attack each other think of them exactly put something in their head that they can attack that you can help them with that's I mean that's his that's his thing it's the it's yeah that's the strategy we're looking at for this election and I'm hoping that the threat of fucking imminent death under <laughs> Theresa May because it will mean imminent death because they want to kill us all is enough to yeah. deter people and actually maybe even undermine the Tory vote. I don't hold out much hope because it never, it's never not worked before. But like, I don't know anyone who's going to be voting Tory. I think we I might. know a lot of people will vote Lib Dem. Yeah, yeah. I there are there, and I'm going to shout at a lot of them. Yeah, there have been a lot of uh, there've been a lot of that today. Because I try to think like my parents. Well, my dad always votes Labour, but he lives in Berkshire, so it doesn't make <laughs> yeah. any fucking difference. Um, yeah, I mean, my mum... It didn't make me feel any better. Didn't it? It made me forget my worries. Oh, I thought that was, I thought that was quite a funny... It's not a... F- Gave me a, a giggle, but... <laughs> it's not a funny... I can just, I've got to, Let me get the Donald Trump carriage. Uh, golden carriage. Uh, uh, it's so funny, Hugh. It's so funny. Imagine Trump in a golden carriage. It's, it's, it's going to be so funny. It's going to be so funny. And then a kid is going to come out of the crowd and point out the emperor has no clothes. And he's going to look down. He's naked. And oh, and then we'll vote a nice, comfortable Lib Dem as Prime Minister. Nick Clegg as Prime Minister. Yay. Ugh. Yay. And then he'll sing things. Can only I get swear there. to God, if, if the Lib Dems actually earn a seat in this election... They'll probably get a couple of seats back, but no. If they, no, if they, if they the gain resurgent. any, I am gonna lose my fucking mind. <laughs> they you don't the, deserve any. You know the other option that could be detrimental in uh, splintering this Lib Dem resurgence. 
there was one I can't remember where it was there was some poll to see if somebody would support a uh, now hold your breath a Nick Clegg Tony Blair anti-Brexit liberal party <laughs> if ever there was ever going to be anything that would make me become a suicide bomber it would be Tony Blair what? in you've power got a, again you've got the political naus of a seasoned European democrat in Nick Clegg and you've got the strength and vision of a war criminal <laughs> in Tony Blair <laughs> I yeah, that was the thing that was this week as well with Tony Blair. Yeah. I don't want Tony Blair anywhere near anything. Yeah, so apparently Labour sources are talking that he will um uh either campaign for or uh align himself with the most hardcore Remain uh party, which you would think would be the Lib Dems. If there was ever gonna be a way to make sure the Lib Dems don't get any seats, it would be to have Tony Blair with them. <laughs> Just think, why wouldn't you vote for a party that's run by a homophobe who's being supported by a war criminal. <laughs> and yet, they will bitch about Jeremy Corbyn being too aligned to the likes of Hamas. <laughs> Whereas this just sounds just straight up Saudi. <laughs> Free market, hate gays, <laughs> love war. <laughs> well, I mean, luckily their kind of visions align because, I mean, Tony Blair's bombing campaigns probably killed a lot of people who were gay. Yeah, uh, you know, just as just part, statistically, part of the course. so it's <laughs> maybe that's they can present maybe, a united front. <laughs> maybe that's why Tim Farron likes him. <laughs> yeah, so that's our show. Yep, that's it. So, yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll have funnier stuff next week. We'll maybe we'll have some more week. interesting. Uh, no, we did. We did. I think we did okay this week. Yeah, we had um, a big thing to cover. I've been sick this week, so I've been double tapped by. Uh, I've been sick too. By Hugh being sick last week and then infecting me. I didn't infect you. Yeah, you did. No, you got infected just from general London filth. No, I didn't kiss you. you it just it just so happens that you had a cold last week. Yeah, and then I came round to do episode eight last week. And it's not my sick. fault. But um, next week, we might have another guest. Oh, yeah, hopefully, yeah. Um, we might have a woman on it. Oh, oh. Because I have assigned my woman a task. As a good brochalist, <laughs> I tell my woman what to do. <laughs> I ask her nicely, and she says, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but she says it very quietly, so you can shout over her. Oh, yeah, I do yeah. shout over her a lot. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. that's. Yeah, we'll do better next week. Yep. We'll both be well. Yeah. And maybe... Actually, no, I'll still be drunk. <laughs> the buzz will continue. Mm. Just like the podcast, the buzz will continue. No stopping it now. I'm going to maintain this buzz solidly for six weeks. <laughs> okay. Um, yep. Yeah, subscribe to us uh, on iTunes and on Beeberry. Burberry. Burberry. Blueberry. Blueberry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Or and uh, follow us on Twitter at wdtat under w. You fucked it up again. You got it right one week, one week you got it right, and now you're fucking it up again. You can follow me on Twitter at Tanner Smashing. Oh look, I got that right. You can follow us on Twitter at wdtatw underscore podcast. Let us know what you think. I'll get it right. I'm sick. 
Maybe next week we'll talk about the long Facebook argument about the podcast <laughs> that one of our friends had to. I like to endure. think of it more as an extended review. <laughs> yeah. But that's it for this week, guys. All right, guys. Cheers. Bye. Since they amputated my food